What's up, everybody? Will here for the Adventurous Gentleman Podcast. And before we kick things off, I just want to talk a little bit about our fine partners. First off, we got Mountain Ops. If you want to get 10% off some protein or some pre-workouts, or maybe you want to try a little bit of their sleep recovery drinks, uh, you can get 10% off by entering the coupon code TAG10 at checkout. That's T-A-G-10 at checkout, and you'll get 10% off. Also, if you would like to get some free swag with your Maven order from Maven Optics, whether it's binos or scopes or spotters, you can get some free swag simply by entering the coupon code NBHGIFT at checkout. So go on over, check those out, and until then, enjoy the show. If you are ready to take the hard road, the road less traveled. The path in life where the journey is more important than the destination. Then you are in the right place. Prepare to live with vigor. This is the Adventurous Gentleman Podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the podcast that makes the world go round. This is the Adventurous Gentleman. I'm your host, Will Bradley, and today we have a very, very special guest, uh, someone whose products I'm a big fan of, and they have almost saved my life, but my life wasn't quite in that bad of jeopardy. And that is Spencer Trip from Off Grid Food Company. Welcome to the show, Spencer. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for uh, having me on. Appreciate the invite. It is my pleasure. Like I said in the opening, it kind of saved my life, sorta. One faithful morning this past weekend when I was on a fishing trip and maybe just a little too hungover, maybe didn't get very much sleep. And we had left for the trailhead at 4.15 in the morning. Or no, we woke up at 4.15 and by 5 we were hitting the trailhead looking for these native brook trout and we didn't eat till like 11 and I got back and I, I was ready to go down and I pulled out the off-grid cereal, breakfast cereal, poured in some hot water few minutes later i was feeling a lot better a lot better that that's good to hear man i don't think i've taken it to that level of recovery testing that's awesome yeah i'll tell you what the big <laughs> difference for me in the cereal was the dark chocolate it's a nice little touch oh it was great with the almonds and everything else in there like that's when i think of cereal i kind of think of like fruit loops uh oatmeal and when I opened it, I kind of expected like a fancy oatmeal. And then when I realized, oh, I mean, I could have read the label, but didn't. I realized, man, I got to look at the label now to see what's in here. There's a ton of great stuff. Can you tell me a little bit about what's in that? Yeah, I think the one you're talking about is the the rise and grind, the kind of cold version of the. It's like the basically it's stuff we've been making for a long time. It's basically just the trail mix, and then we just put good grass-fed protein powder and powdered milk in it. It's just kind of like a good cold, super filling, kind of protein-packed, fat-jacked breakfast option. I so. ate it hot because I didn't know it was supposed to be cold. I just I thought everything that comes in these bags you heat up. You can either way. There's a bunch of guys that have, that that do it hot, and there's a lot of guys that actually uh, been eating the oatmeal's cold. Just to save on fuel or whatever. That makes sense. I could I could see that. Now, when did you start Off Grid Food Company, and what was the genesis of the company? Yeah, it, um, so we kind of launched everything 
last July, and then uh, kind of going backwards from there, you know, it's kind of a multi-part genesis, I guess. So I was uh, I was guiding at the time, and and my wife and I had just moved back here to Western Washington, and uh, just had our second little baby. So this congratulations. Yeah, this is a couple of years ago. He's a raging little, almost three-year-old now. So, he's a yeah, he's a lot of fun. Um, so we had just moved back. I was guiding, and then um, we had. Uh, oh, oh, there's my wife. Uh, she's looking. Speaking of the kids, she was just looking for them. Um, so, <laughs> so they're. Uh, we yeah, we live in a cool neighborhood, and the kids can run around all over. So oh, that's she, awesome. She, anywhere okay. they went, but. I was guiding, and we had just moved back here, um, and I was just kind of looking for a career change. I was working in oil and gas, and that market had kind of taken a good hit, and we were kind of tired of traveling around all over the place and bouncing from project to project and wanted to kind of settle back down. So we moved back to Washington. I was guiding, and then we kind of really honestly needed to find something to do. Um, and during guiding, it was kind of – the other part of how this kind of got created kind of just stemmed from that. We were making all our own food and everyone started eating it and a bunch of people, clients and other guides just kind of were like, man, you should really start selling this stuff and kind of started thinking about it and realized there's not really anyone doing that in the kind of sportsman space. And uh, it all just kind of came together quickly. It's kind of cheesy to say that Sometimes it just kind of falls in your lap, but it really kind of did timing-wise and, and idea-wise. And then, um, you know, I've worked in a lot of kitchens and stuff prior to uh, the, the oil and gas stint. Um, so that's kind of really my two passions are, are really cooking and food and then um, hunting and fishing and the outdoors. So it's kind of how it all came together. You know, I've heard a saying that says when you're doing what you're really meant to do, the universe will help you out. Yeah. And that sounds uh, like... Like I said, it's kind of cheesy to say that, but it really all just kind of came together out of both necessity for us uh, personally as a family and making a big life change. And then um, both market-wise, we felt there was a pretty big need there for for a food company that really, you know, supported the outdoor space and, and put their best foot forward to support that. So that's... Uh, that's us, and that's that's where we're at now, I guess. So, and, of- and what uh, was was the first meals you were making? Yeah, the uh, well, the first products we launched were the were the oatmeal's. Um, we had planned to do full dinners from the get go, um, and then just the way we wanted to do it, kind of doing them in a restaurant style manner in a in a nice kitchen and not on a big commercial production line. Um, the licensing just kind of took, took a while to get dialed in. Um, so now we're there, we're, we're good and licensed and, um, yeah, so we started with the oatmeals and the trail mix and then we've since added a couple more varieties of each of those and some good, good beef jerky. And then, yeah, now the, uh, now the freeze dried meals, which is super exciting. Yeah, I'm excited about the freeze-dried meals. For those of you who haven't checked them out, they're currently in pre-order. And you've got penne pomodoro with bison. Is it quill tango tacos? Yeah, quill 
tinga well, tacos. It's kind of like an enchilada bowl, I guess you could would be a better. Oh, that better sounds. Meat. It is but with quail. Chicken, yeah, yeah, with quail. Um, so like, yeah, chicken tinga tacos is kind of like a classic Mexican dish, and it's just like a good rich tomato chili sauce and shredded quail and. Oh, that sounds phenomenal. Yeah, so you can eat it with or without tortillas, and that's kind of a fun, fun little twist on stuff we're going to do is kind of probably have like a series of taco mixes like that. Oh, I like that. And then there's Thai green curry with quail. Yeah. And OG bison chili. Now, you're going with bison. chili, man. (laughs) I love chili. I love, I mean, it doesn't love me all the time, but I love it. (laughs) Now, let, let's talk about the decision to go with bison and quail because those are not the typical ingredients you would see in these freeze-dried meals. No, and that just kind of goes back to the licensing issue. So to do beef, pork, or chicken, you really got to have a USDA grant of inspection um, to be able to sell that you know, as a packaged dried good for, for interstate commerce. Um, so... That is a very lengthy process, um, and it basically requires a USDA inspector to be in your facility all time. So we're just not really in a facility that will allow that certification. Um, Our kitchen just won't allow it, basically because it's a shared kitchen, and there's a couple other people that use it besides us. Um, So the state and the FDA have licensed us to use bison and quail, which are quote-unquote exotic meats, um, and don't have to go through that USDA inspection. So it's just one of those weird things that allows us to do what we want to do and, and use some different products as well. I would suggest you stay with exotic meats. Yeah, it's kind of cool. If I see bison and I see it next to just regular beef, I'm grabbing bison every time. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's honestly, in the long run, it's probably a little more expensive, which makes the meals a little more expensive. But at the end of the day, it's also a better it's a better source of protein for you too. So. Yeah, and then quail. I mean, I don't know of any other companies that have done that yet. I have, do you? Are you guys uh, leading the charge? Heck's Choice does too. Do they? Yeah, she does as well. well. That's a phenomenal choice. I think I'm pretty excited about all those meals. And what what led to that meal selection, the lineup? Yeah, we wanted to have a couple of options that were a little more different and crafty and then also have a couple that were pretty approachable, kind of classics, so to say. So like the the Pomodoro is just like a classic kind of meat tomato sauce with noodles and super, super good, um, just kind of simmered for hours and hours until it's super rich and hearty. And then uh, same with the same with the chili, same kind of concept. And then the 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 quail tacos and then the thai curry are a little more a little more out there a little more crafty and just kind of something that's a little bit of a different option as well so trying to kind of hit all all spectrums there on on approachability and people can pre-order that now if they pre-order now what's the uh, ship date look like we're going to ship all of them by august 1st so definitely before all the big game seasons kind of kick off and then um honestly we'll just We'll just kind of get them out as we go, and then a lot of them will get out sooner than that, but they'll all be out by August 1st. So we're running the pre-order. It started on the 20th, and we'll probably run that until we either hit our hit our limit or, uh, or like, early July. We'll probably cut that off so everyone can still get a chance to get in and get them right now. And you order them as a four-pack, I take it? 
that yeah, fair? that's just how we're doing this first pre-sale um, is in a four pack. So, you, you know, you, you buy the kit and you get one of each of the four meal options. And then we're going to see how that goes and we might change it up for the next ones. So. And people can just head over to offgridfood.co. Yep, yep, just dot .co. And if you just Google off-grid food, it'll it'll pop up. and That's what I did. To the website. Works so, out well. Yeah. Yeah, pretty easy. And then the meal, the link to the meals is right there on the homepage. It kind of pops up right in your face. So. And do you have a favorite out of those four? What are you rocking? Ooh, man, I really like the I really like the chili. It's kind of hard to beat. Uh, chili is that tough. Never to really disappoints. So. And you guys recently changed up the logo. What uh, was behind that decision? Yeah, it's just uh, it's a little more generic, and it's just a little more. It's a little cleaner, a little more refined. So, you know, we kind of started out and kind of going obvious and direct towards the hunting crowd. And, you know, we want to hit kind of all everybody. And if we can be that catalyst as a food company to help spread the good word about hunting and, and positivity around it and also have people buy our food that aren't necessarily in that community, then then great. So it's a slight change. You know, it doesn't change the focus of of who we are on the inside, but maybe makes it a little more approachable for other people to check us out as well. Yeah, I, I think it will. And how long have you been a hunter for? So all your life, grew up doing it, or were you a later in life hunter? Yeah, kind of a mix of both. So oh. I, I grew up in Michigan, um, fishing and, and bird hunting mostly. We grew up big, my dad's a big pheasant hunter, quail hunter. Um, so we grew up doing a lot of upland birds and then uh, kind of really got into waterfowl and then Kind of got the big game bug when I moved out west after high school. So, um, yeah, moved out here to Bellingham, Washington, and then my wife and I moved to Colorado, and that's kind of where it really set in and finished school there, and then we've kind of been bouncing around since. So, And where were you guiding? Uh, out here in western Washington. So guiding for Roosevelt elk and blacktail and black bears out here. If you had to pick a favorite game animal to hunt, what would it be? Oh, man. I, I mean, elk, rudding elk's hard to beat, you know. Um, that's a lot of fun. Um, it's just the whole interaction with them is, is exciting and gets your heart pumping whether you're, whether, you, whether you're shooting or just part of it or not. So um, I'd have to say elk and then an odd one kind of close second would probably be waterfowl. I really, yeah. really, really like hunting ducks and geese. It's a lot. It's just a lot of fun, and it's a lot different than big game hunting. You know, I actually get that often. People love to hunt ducks. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, and it's the same kind of thing. You can interact with them a lot more than other stuff. And I never really got into turkey hunting, so I guess ducks and geese were 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 my primary passion as as a hunter for a long time. And do you have a favorite spot to go duck hunting or back home or is it in Washington? Uh, yeah, Washington's pretty, it's interesting. I've hunted waterfowl all over, um, but we've got a pretty unique flyway out here and we get a lot of diverse species of birds. Um, and I can hunt far, probably 500 yards from, from my house where I'm sitting here talking to you from, which is kind of nice too, so... Um, we got a bunch of spots and then we've, we're right on the coast. So we've got sea ducks, you know, we've got, we've got all sorts of different kind of 
styles of duck hunting and waterfowl hunting you can partake in, which is fun. That, that does sound like a lot of fun. And if you could only do one hunt, what would it be? Ah, oh, archery elk, man. Uh, I don't think I can pass that up anymore. It's just, <laughs> it's just too much fun. That was a very, very fast decision. <laughs> Yeah, it was. It, it's just too much fun, man. And it's just the interaction and the size of them, and listening to them scream in the woods is is pretty unbelievable experience. Now, I think earlier when we were talking about doing the show, you had mentioned you'd be out doing some uh, backpack cardio. Now, is that <laughs> just training for hunting, or you got anything else going on? Yeah, no, nothing, nothing else really going on. Uh, yeah, just a, there's been a small group of us trying to. Trying to hit the hills with sandbags a few times a week and get the legs back in shape for summer and and for the season and get out there to, to be ready. So And so you're a dad, you're a businessman. What does your typical hunting season look like? Uh changed a lot last year. I mean, I went from the season before that guiding and spending, you know, 70, 80 days in a row you know, in the woods mostly at a base camp type scenario, but either way, um, out, out away from home and in the woods. And then, uh, last year we had just started off grid. So we had a pretty, pretty limited, I had limited amount of time to sneak out with two boys and a new business. And, you know, we, we, I got out for a little early archery elk hunting and then some late season deer hunting as well. So it was good. It was fun. Do you have a favorite hunt you can remember? Man, um, and probably, probably the first, uh, first and only bear I've ever killed. Um, it was right when we moved back to, to Washington and this kind of, you know, Washington's cool in the sense, uh, for bear hunting, cause we've got a lot of them. Um, I'm on the West side, so it's super thick. You get a lot of, a lot of black bears all over, a lot of smaller black bears everywhere. Um, and you can hunt, you can get two tags in the fall. So we don't have a, yeah, we don't have a spring season, but you can, you can double down in the fall. So there's a good, good opportunity to chase bears. We got a lot of logging country around here and a lot of good high country stuff as well. So there's a lot of, a lot of opportunity for good bear hunting, but it was a lot of fun. And it, we, I had my cousin from Alaska in town and we just went out for an evening area. I'd been glassing up a few bears in and, Ended up spotting one and making it happen and stalked over there and we were kind of right where we had seen it on this old old grass road and uh, thought we well, this bear should be right here and kind of look over in the tall grass and it's you know sitting there just staring at you um, <laughs> so so that uh, that was an that was a fun hunt you know that was kind of really my first season I had ever hunted bears and uh, yeah it was fun ended up ended up tagging out and got a nice little boar and it was a lot of fun, but yeah, it's something different when you've got, you know, that was my first experience really predator hunting, I guess you can say. So. And why do they do two in the fall and none in the spring? No idea really. There's, you know, there is spring tags, but they're limited draw. So I think there's only one or two on the West side of Washington. And then there's a handful of draw tags on the East side of the state as well. And that's kind of gotcha. how they divide everything up out here west side and east side and do you do get a lot of fishing these days i know the season is now upon us are you making it out or 
Yeah, a little bit. Um, got out steelhead fishing a few weeks ago, and then um, yeah, both my my brother-in-law's got a boat. We do a lot of salmon fishing out in the bay and here in town, and then a lot of crabbing and shrimping as well. So. I think uh, last time we were trying to hook up, we were out on the out in the islands. My my wife's family's got a cabin out there, so we try and sneak out there when we can. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I, for some reason, when you kept saying the west side of Washington, I was picturing the east side. And then when you were like, "Oh, the bay," I was like, "What kind of bay has crab in it in Western <laughs> Washington?" And I thought, "Oh wait, it's like the ocean." <laughs> Yeah, so we're right on the coast here, which is which is cool. So yeah, we get out there, do a little bay fishing. Don't do as much river fishing as I used to or would like to, but still get out here and there. So is it a pretty tight hunting community where you're at, yeah. Eastern Washington? Definitely. There's a super cool group of dudes that like to get after it, and then uh, not much, not much else. Um, it's a pretty small community out here, but there's a lot of guys that do like to get after it, and it's a lot of fun. There's there are a lot of a lot of great, great awesome guys out here that that get up there and that I've met over the last year, which has been great. Now, if you could hunt with one person, alive or dead, I mean, they come back to life, not you'd have to die. <laughs> do it. <laughs> who who would it be? Do you have like a all star hunting hero or anything like that? Man, I don't know. There's a lot. Um, Man, honestly, yeah, there's there's a handful. I mean, probably some of the you know some of the elk legends, you know, that are that are still around. Wayne Carlton, Larry Jones, some of those guys. Um, you just like look at what they did with the equipment they had back when they were in their heyday, and it's just like, man, things have changed, and it was so much harder back then. And they still went out and got it done, and really pioneered it. You know, things have changed quite a bit. Are you a trad guy or a compound? No, I'm a I'm a compound guy. So the only the best answer would have been if, if you were like, no, I'm crossbow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. No, just a compound guy. Shot a shot a recurve the other day at the archery shop. It was a lot of fun, but whew, those are tough. Yeah, too much. It's just too much. It's tough. Too much time commitment. It's like having another girlfriend. From what I hear. Yeah. Yep. And what's your hunting season going to look like this year coming up? Any uh, trips planned or anything like that? Or are you going to have to stick around town? Uh, probably stick around here and, and hunt locally in Washington. Um, I am waiting on Colorado draw results, which are a, a high high hope for the heavens. Probably won't, won't get close to drawing, so just stacking some points. And that's just... Basically, we, you know, I was a resident there and had a handful going, so kind of waiting to draw some cool tags in Colorado, and then, yeah, our uh, our bear season opens up August first here, and then deer shortly after that for archery, and then elk right after that. So kind of wham bam there, and then uh, yeah, just kind of gonna sneak out when I can. Might be weekend warrior in it pretty heavy, so. We'll, uh, we'll see how crazy August August gets with the uh, with off grid. So uh, yeah, right. That's a good busy time, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, definitely was last year. So seems like everybody, uh, me including, likes to wait to the last minute to get all their gear and stuff together. Who doesn't? <laughs> so. Who doesn't? I, I give it a you know. I consider myself doing really well if I packed for a trip more than one night before. Exactly. 
Exactly. I'm, no, I'm the same way. So it's hard to hard to blame guys and say get your orders in, but when I do the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's that week before the hunting trip. You're like, ah, oh, I'm gonna need to eat. Better order some food. Yeah. What was the reception like from the hunting community when you started up off grid and it started going out there and people started to try it? Yeah, just uh, shockingly embracing, to be honest with you. Um, shockingly embracing. Yeah, that's a, yeah. That's a, good, I mean, that's a good thing. No, it was it was awesome. It was, uh, it you know, it was, yeah, like I said, every you know, we kind of kicked off at the Northwest Mountain Challenge last summer in uh, Tamarack, Idaho. Um, and, yeah, that whole community just was – Everyone was super excited, and we didn't even have product at that event. Like we just you have? just showed up with a tent. Like we were planning on it, but we uh, that was right when we were getting licensed, and we just weren't legally allowed to sell anything at that point. So we still we even we went over there with no food and just like hats and t-shirts and information, and people were people were pumped. So yeah, it's, no, it's been it's been great, man. Everyone's been super supportive and. Um, haven't got a, you know, a whole lot of negative feedback and it's, it's food and it's super subjective. So that's hard to avoid it at some level, but it's been great. Really, That is super hard to avoid. I never thought about that is everyone does have different tastes. You really got to hit a sweet spot with your products. Yeah, yeah for sure. You know, food, uh, I think I've <laughs> said this before, but yeah, it can, it can make, it can make your day at the end of a long hard day like or or you know it can bring you know bring like we have family dinner every night like you know it, it brings people together get people talking it can comfort you and at the same time it can be really bad <laughs> it can just not be any good or it can make you sick so it hits all kind of, it can kind of hit all levels of the spectrum really so it's it's interesting yeah nothing would be worse than a long hard day in the mountains or the woods and you come back and you just don't even want to eat what you have, but you have nothing yeah. else. Exactly. So, yeah, that was, you know, another kind of point of why we started this whole thing was make good good food that's going to kind of keep you ready to go and fueled up in the backcountry that also tastes good. And do you have like a, uh, uh, what's it called, like a death row meal, one last meal? Like you have that? Have you ever thought about that? Like, what's that one thing? Oh, last meal here on earth. What are you, what are you uh, having? Man, I don't know. That's uh, I have to probably think, think long and hard about that one. But I, you know, it's hard to beat like a good, a good, a good steak with like just a a good sauce that's gonna elevate it to the next level and just a nice clean simple but awesome plate of food you know uh, yeah. so i don't know that's a tough question i'd have to like i, I don't know there's a lot you know maybe, that is. Like, maybe like uh i don't know like new orleans style barbecue shrimp Ooh, ooh, i could go for some of that now kind of like the creole cream sauce it's like yeah if you never had it it's pretty unbelievable and one of the things that i've remembered from the little kid that's really stuck with me so maybe that i don't know that's a good one. Uh, yeah. I'd go with like... Style barbecue shrimp. 
Yeah, I think I'd go with fried chicken topped with like a lobster tail and then a bucket of movie popcorn. <laughs> going all out, I like it. Yeah, I'm going. <laughs> What's going to kill me now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the last supper. Yeah, no, I, 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 that's a good question. I've never thought about that. You got me stirring there, but yeah, I think, yeah, barbecue shrimp, man. That's one of my favorite questions to ask people because it's like, you know, food is so easily accessible and ready, readily available unless it's like, you know, a big meal, you're going out and planning it. Most people don't think about it that much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's fun. You know, it's uh, it's cool. You can cook stuff that's super simple, uh, super easy that anyone can do. And then there's there's food that takes a week to make one plate of food, you know, that's what's another awesome thing about food is that it, you can kind of fit everybody's skill level and, and make something that's going to taste good. Yeah. Toaster and microwave right around my skill level, <laughs> but I can also do bacon and eggs. There you so go. I guess I really broadened my horizons as a chef. Get all your bases covered, man. That's right. Now, have you ever had like a, a bomb, like just one that did like a meal or an idea for a food that just, Went over like a sack of rocks, just like no, ba like bad, like bad. You were like, "This is gonna be great," and then you try it, and you're like, "This is not great at all." Y yeah, <laughs> as far as uh, like dehydrated stuff, yeah, we made some made some stuff that just doesn't want to dehydrate very well. Um, I think I <laughs> sent Ryan Avery at Rockslide up like a burrito bowl. That just he called me. He's like, I don't know what you put in to that, but it was just really, really bad. <laughs> and I, and I was like, man, I had it too, and I couldn't agree with you more. Like that just was not a winner. Like we're just gonna scratch that one now and and just forget it ever happened. <laughs> no need to review that one on the forum. <laughs> like this never happened. You know, I need one of those Men in Black pens to like erase <laughs> memories. I wish I could have seen Ryan's face when he took his first bite. <laughs> priceless I, I don't know I, I'd have to ask I don't know if he was at home or if he was out on a trip but I hope he was out on a trip and we're just like what is <laughs> you, sh you should make some some like a, just a few bags of like jokes and stuff like the worst you can like when you open it it's like opening a bag of farts something <laughs> something like that just send it to a few people and be like dude this is my new formula we're banking on it the whole company is riding on this meal let me know what you think <laughs> April Fools, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, man. Yeah, you could do some you could do some funny April Fools jokes with a food bag. You know what? Next year, that'd be a good good Instagram Look out, post. Yeah. Look out. Here we come. We're coming at you with dragon's teeth and baby farts for our meal. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> that actually makes me think my son turns two tomorrow. And there's something that once you do become a parent as far as like farts and all that goes, it's like just another day, just another day at the office dealing with that. Just kind of all goes out the window with what's appropriate or not. Yeah, it really does. It really does. If I can get through a meal and look down and not find like a piece of yellow poo somewhere on my hands, because I also have a four-month-old, it's a victory. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're out of that stage into their they've got plates and forks and it just ends up everywhere. 
food everywhere. It's just just a constant mess. Just ever evolving mess. It it really is. I, I, <laughs> some days I feel like I'm a Roomba, just following yep. them around, cleaning and cleaning. Do they uh, get down on the freeze dry stuff or? Uh, they do. I don't. Yeah, they've had the pasta. They've had the Pomodoro one, but they love the oatmeals. Um, they they eat that that stuff like crazy. They're they're tapping into the inventory too much. <laughs> no, but they love they love that stuff, and it's it's all super kid friendly too, which is good. It's all clean ingredients. You don't have to be scared to give it to your kids or anything like that. So I'll tell you what that actually just jogged my memory of something I wanted to mention is I was out on the winter rendezvous, far winter rendezvous, and uh, I had some of the blue raz oatmeal with me. And uh -huh. one thing that really struck me about the meal was the quality of the blueberries in the meal. Yeah. Like anybody can make a, a nice oatmeal, but those blueberries were fantastic. What's what's the process like that goes through into making one of those? Yeah, those are all, I mean, basically it's just, it's a breakfast we've been making for a line. It's just dry mix ingredients. And then we actually get those berries that are in those. We don't freeze dry those ourselves. Uh, we get those from a local company um, that makes uh they have a large freeze drying facility and they do all the local berries and a lot of the local vegetables here. Um, so those are all local Whatcom County, Washington, blueberries and strawberries and raspberries and everything. Man, you should start advertising that you can get a dollar more. for those. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, we, you know, we try to use all like the apples in the, in the apple breakfast are from right down the street from my house. So they, they dehydrate those and sell them, and so we try to get stuff from as local as possible when we when we can and where we can. But it's all super clean sourced, and all the ingredients are super high quality. So when you say Washington apple, those are wa from Washington apples. Yeah, yeah, literally Washington apples from right down the right down the street, about five miles from here. It it was one of those things where I opened it expecting to see blue specks, you know, like just some dark blue specks mixed in there, and uh -huh. instead they were like legit blueberry i was like oh this is nice yeah no they're uh they're good those little freeze-dried berries and so then mangoes do those grow in washington as well or where do those come from for the strawberry no, mango no, like i said uh we, we get local stuff wherever we can but the, no those are not not local but um those are all, all organic mangoes um we we get them in bulk from a small regionally local company which i'm sure they get them from somewhere else but um yeah that's one of the few things that yeah just you can't really can't really source from here and it's super good and it's a flavor we've been making for a long time just for our own own hunts and stuff so wanted to have that in there and do you think we'll ever see uh venison make its way into the freeze-dried lineup I, you know, good question. Um, there's a couple of, you can get a couple of sources of farmed venison, um, actually from the same people we get the quail from. Um, but, you know, I've thought about it. Um, I think, you know, from what I've read, there's a lot more controversy around spread of disease and stuff like that along, you know, that comes along with some of the farmed venison is compared to some of the other stuff like bison and and the quail. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I've thought about it. Um, I, I'm not an expert on it by any means, but I've kind of read a little bit about it that there's some more concern from 
you know, groups like Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation and stuff like that, that venison can be more susceptible to spread of diseases and stuff like that. So mm. not sure yet. In the air. In the air. But Are there any uh, other exotic meats that you've got kind of on the brain that we may see? You know, um, kind of just sticking with the quail and bison for right now. Um, there's, uh, you know, been looking into some stuff maybe with some wild boar. Um, Ooh. Get as well, too. So that just gets a little dicier with the sourcing. Uh, yeah. Depending on where, where those, you know, you got a big, big stanky hogs from somewhere probably aren't going to be as good as others. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just a matter of kind of dialing in some of the sourcing for that. But yeah, there is a couple more, couple more options out there that are uh, available. You can get like some lamb. I think there's a couple antelope, farmed antelope options. There is a, there is a lot of axis deer available that we might look into too. It's just a little more, it's a little more expensive than the bison or the quail. So uh, it's just kind of, kind of whatever doesn't make the price point of the meals outrageous. Because it already is kind of a high high price point product, but at the same time, it is a premium product. Right, so. You know, and that's the thing. If I'm going to be out there, this is all the food I have to eat. I'd rather have a good meal that costs a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, and the idea behind that, too, like if you're eating good quality food, snacks, and meals, and breakfasts, or whatever, which there's, it's nice that there's a, a handful of solid choices in that realm out there now that – you could spend more and at the end of the day possibly eat less and be more satisfied and more satiated from a nutrition standpoint as well. So you might, you know, it's possible you could even save money at the end of the day. That's true. Just a little less hungry helps, especially on long hikes. Yep. So. Well, Spencer, thank you very much for joining us on the show. And where can people check these out and order them? Yeah, just uh, the website's the best spot, um, www.offgridfood.co. And then, um, yeah, we're on Instagram and Facebook as well as Off Grid Food Company. So. All right, so check them out, give them a shot, and let us know what you think. Or if you're already eating them, just leave us a message and uh, let us know what you think. If you haven't already, please give us a thumbs up and subscribe, depending on where you're watching this. And you can also find Off Grid Food Co. on Facebook, Instagram. So head on over, check them out. And until next time, go out there and kick some.